Uh, welcome to another edition of the Net Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast by fans, for fans, for all content, absolutely Coming to you in association with Forest Precision Engineering. I'm your host tonight, Brian Archer. As always, we'd encourage you to get on to the Net website, check out our forums for all your latest Rangers news and discussion. We're live tonight on the YouTube channel, and we would ask that you continue to share the pod on social media, spread the word, and please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Before I introduce my guest for tonight, I need to give another mention to our partners over at Forest Precision Engineering. They're a Glasgow-based engineering company who have been a big commercial supporter of Rangers for a number of years, and we're delighted to have them supporting the board. If you want more information about them, please visit their website at www.forestprecisioneng.com. They also have a stunning executive lounge in the Ibrox main stand. And for more information on that, email the club at hospitality at rangers.co.uk. Right, now to bring in my guest that joined me tonight is Grant. Grant, how are you doing? Hi, Brian. I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, looking forward to the game on Sunday. Um, obviously, first thing we'll do is we'll touch on the, the game last night. First of all, Grant, I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on the game as a whole, really. Yeah. Well, I'll start, start with the team selection. Um, we were all wondering what was going to happen in the left-back position. Obviously, Borna Barisic was out injured. Um, no Redvan, and obviously Sterling was injured as well. So it was either going to be Ben Davis at left-back or Adam Devine. So when the team came out, Ben Davis, fine that he's played left-back before. So I thought, pretty solid. And then the manager's comment said, we're going to go to back three. I thought, oh, right, OK, this is different. Something they haven't really done before. Um, then I wondered who was going to be playing left wing, um, which was we found out was Seema. So I was a bit surprised at the shape, to be honest with you. Um, threw a little curveball, three at the back. But um, as the game started, you could see, I don't know, the first 10-15 minutes, we just did not look comfortable at all. And Sparta were, were, pre- were pushing his back, pinning his back. Um, Seema was <laughs> facing his own goal most of the time, defending, tracking back. And that's kind of, it took away kind of his... His attacking ability and our attack, our attacking threat, he has been the last what six weeks or so. So I thought the first half was a really tough watch. Um, we really struggled to to get anything going. We we couldn't pass two, two or three passes. We're giving away possession, but I think I need to give Sparta a bit of, a bit of credit. They were they were good. Um, they were very quick on the ball, passing through the lines, and they, they were basically three on three at the back when they, when they were going forward. So. Yeah, it was a poor first half from a Rangers perspective. Um, we didn't have any chances at all. And I think we could have gone in um, two or three behind if it wasn't for our goalkeeper um, and Lundstrom making that, that goal goal line clearance about 35, 30, 36 minutes. Um, so, yeah, I thought the first half... Was- I kind of thought exactly the same for me. I thought the first 70 minutes we were pretty much a non-event in terms of uh, offering anything in attack. Do you think that first... Kind of first half and first seventy minutes would have shown the manager exactly the scale he's ta- the scale of the task he's got ahead of him. Uh, yeah, I don't think it helps with the amount of injuries we've got out and the previous manager not sticking a left back in the European squad. I think he was hands were quite tied last night, but yeah, I mean he, he's got he can only work with what he's got just now. Um, but I, I thought we did we did well. I mean. You can see in one hand we defended well. We did defend well. We, we a lot of blocks in, stopped the crosses. Obviously, the goalkeeper made a couple of saves. So, yeah, I think we did as best we had what we had at our disposal. Can you look at the bench? You took look at our bench and it looked like something out of the third division. There was just all young boys and we didn't really have any. Um, so there's just so many injuries. So I think we did well. Um, Seventy minutes as soon as we brought on um, right 
and Danilo, it kind of changed in our favour. Um, we were starting to attack a lot more, a bit more pace, and we had a couple of chances with Raskin from 25 yards. We had Lammers as well with a good save from the keeper. And then Danilo right at the end, I thought he'd put it away. But, um, like, yeah, that would have been a, a smashing grab, I think. But yeah, a disappointing 70 minutes. Um, but listen, take the, I'll take the point all day long. I'll take it before the, the game started. Yeah, and if you sort of flip that first 70 minutes on its head, do you think there's actually, in a kind of weird way, some positives the manager can take from that in terms of, as you said there, we, you know, the players didn't give up, they didn't wilt under that pressure, they they put the blocks in, they put the tackles in. I think in previous weeks gone by, we would have probably come away out of that first half with, you know, at least conceding a couple of goals. So do you think in a strange way there's maybe a couple of positives to take from that? Yeah, definitely. As you said, Brian, you're absolutely correct. We'd have been two or three nil down under Michael Beale, no doubt. They would have put a couple of chances away. Um, but I thought we did. Suter threw himself in front of the ball a couple of times. So did Golson. So, yeah, we, we did ride a luck and our goalkeeper um, saved the day a couple of times. But, yeah, he can take positives. We defended well and in an unfamiliar system. So, again, we know we can go to that system if need be again. So, yeah, positive for me was the take the point And, listen, we've got two games at home now. And um, we should be taking care of them at home and get us through to the next stages. You mentioned unfamiliar system there. I, I was, to be honest, I was slightly surprised to see you go to a back three because people that kind of work in football and coaching, they always talk about how a back three is one of the hardest systems to play and it's one of the systems that needs the most coaching. And the manager sort of said after the game, they don't really had two days worth of training to work at it. So how much do you think that kind of impacted in terms of that poor first First half and first 70 minutes. Oh, but without a doubt, Brian, without a doubt, it impacted the players. I mean, the midfield were moving side to side. They didn't really feel comfortable as well. I mean, Cantwell was out of position. It just, it just nothing really looked, it didn't really look right at all in the first 20, 30 minutes. Um, you see, you just try to pass it about. They were looking up and there was nothing to hit. I mean, Dessers and Lammers were miles away from each other. Yeah, just it, it, they were just in a, a foreign formation by the looks of it and it showed. Um, we're just lucky that that um, Sparta didn't, didn't uh, punish us at the time. Yeah, um, we kind of spent enough time talking about that first 70 minutes. For me, we kind of started to come on to a game when the manager introduced a bit of pace in the team in Scott Wright. Now, I know he kind of divides opinions amongst fans, but for me, the one thing he does give you is a bit of directness and a bit of pace, which was something out with Sima. I think this squad is, you know, hugely lacking in. Um, and then he obviously brought in Danilo on that again. You've seen a huge improvement with Danilo's he's got up front. Do you think that was maybe an example of the kind of manager's tactical flexibility that we heard about? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we did. He did shake up the twenty minutes to go. We had a right, a right go. You could see Sparta had put so much into the first what 35, 40 minutes, and you could see them starting to tire. So yeah, it just shows you tactical, tactical news there, bringing on a bit of pace. And yeah, these guys get you up the park in Europe, try to get free kicks, win flick-ons, and get on to the end of it. So it definitely, he definitely showed a bit of. Tactical news there, definitely, yeah. I think, given how the, the kind of game went overall, you know, poor, poor first half, as we've said, and then in the end up, we had chances where we could have actually won it. But overall, do you think that the point was a good result, given it's away from home in Europe? You can never really grumble too much with a point away in Europe, can you? No, definitely. I would have taken it at the start of the game, and I would definitely have taken it after 30, 40 minutes. So, yeah, I'm delighted with the result. Um, yeah, I would take the points. Uh, take the point before the, the game started. Tough place to go, and they, they're on form. They hadn't, they've not lost at home in what I don't know, three, four months. Um, top of the league, so yeah, it was a good point for us to take. 
Yeah, I think that was probably actually a bit surprised how just how good Sparta were. I mean, we didn't expect them to be at that level, but they they definitely had um, a few useful players, and they they definitely kind of gave us more of a game than I was kind of expecting. So it'll be an interesting game when we welcome them at Ibrox just to see how that kind of flips on its head with us being the home team. If if that kind of makes a difference. And, but we want to talk about some of the kind of individual performances on the night. The first one I want to talk about is obviously our goalkeeper. Um, we've said that you know a number of times on the podcast. It's become a common theme that he's bailed us out yet again. Um, you know, without his performance, as you say, we would have been two or three down in that first half easy. Um, I think the biggest kind of thing I can say about Jack Butler is he's came in and he's filled that shot seamlessly from one of our greatest goalkeepers that we've ever ever had at the, the club, you know, nobody's talking about we should have kept Alan McGregor the way they're talking about potentially should we have kept Kent Morelos, for example. Um, so, you know, all positive on the, on the pitch from Butland. One of the things I did want to get your take on, could we potentially have a bit of a fight on our hands to keep him uh, beyond January and then next summer potentially with maybe teams down south circling? Um, personally, I don't think we'll have a problem. Um, Luckily, we've been blessed with keepers over the years, um, and Butland's definitely a top draw as well. I, I don't think we're going to have a problem at all, because he's been down south, he's done it, he's um, had bigger offers before he came to Rangers, he was on mega money at Man United, but it's up to him now, does he want to sit on a bench and earn more money, or does he want to play, he, what is he, 30-31 now? He could play for another five, six, seven years, be Rangers number one, challenge for trophies, um, he's a good age, I'm not worried about it bids from downside. It would have to be a massive bid. He's got, what, another three and a half years of his contract. Um, I just, I, I, he seems to like it up here as well. You see him posting on his Instagram and he's talking to the fans and stuff like that. I think he likes it up here and I just think he wants to play football. So, I don't think we'll struggle to keep him. I do think one of the kind of key factors in that could be up here. He's got a real opportunity to win some trophies and you imagine at, at his age, you know, the one, probably one thing that he wants to do in his career is get some trophies in, in his trophy cabinet, so I think that could potentially be a second factor in terms of if those offers do come from down south. Um, I love the I thought had an interesting game was um, Nico Raskin. Now, for me, he's not anywhere near his best so far this season, but last night I kind of I noticed a bit, certainly after that first 70 minutes, he kind of seemed to change his position a bit and that he was pushing more forward and he seemed to be the driving force, it kind of drove us on a couple of times through midfield and he seemed to be the kind of that driving force from the middle of the park. Do you think we've maybe found his best position that maybe more of a box-to-box role rather than just a traditional number six or defensive midfielder? Yeah, interesting point, Brian. Um, he has been deployed a lot deeper than I thought he was going to be when he came. Been sitting obviously with Lindstrom or sitting with Ryan Jack most of the games, um, but yeah, you're right. We've, we've seen him bomb forward in quite a few games now. He, he has that driving force. He can pick a pass as well. And you saw last week he can he can he can score goals from range as well. He had a chance last night um, from range. Obviously skewed it wide, but yeah, he's he is um, he, he is definitely driving us forward um, in, in games. I do like that side of his game, um, especially at Ibrox. We don't need to sit, we don't need to have two sitting midfielders. You should try and deploy a bit further forward. Um, so I'd like, yeah, I'd like to see him in that position. Hopefully, having a Belgian manager um, and a Belgian player might help his confidence a bit and maybe get the best out of him. But I mean, I, I, do, I do like asking. I think he's a top player, and you don't play for the Belgian under twenty one team if you're not if you're not top quality. You know, 
So, um, yeah, I would like to see him deployed slightly further forward, yeah. Yeah, for me, I've been kind of surprised with how, how kind of handy he is going forward. I, I thought he was more of a traditional kind of sitting defensive midfielder, but he's actually got a lot more to his game than that in terms of driving forward that run that he went on um, in the second half yesterday. I didn't really think he had that in his game before he came, so um, I was quite impressed with that. I think that's definitely a useful asset to have um, from the middle of the park. Yeah. Um, now, two other things I want to come on to, and I'm going to kind of put these two together, just maybe not so much on the positive side, is um, Dessers and Lammers. For me, another two kind of quite poor performances that I don't really want to go over the top. I think a lot of the criticism online is kind of over the top, um, particularly when talking about Dessers, but you can't kind of shy away from the fact that it was another kind of poor performance from both last night. Do you think maybe the it's getting to the stage where they need to be taken out of the team as much to try and rebuild their confidence or do you think the manager will kind of try and just ride them through it and stick with them? Um, I'll start with Lammers. I just don't know what he brings. I mean, he, when he first joined, I thought he had nice touches. You can see he's got technical ability, but see now, he's shown not. He's not. He's an empty jersey to, for me, um, especially in Europe. Um, he looks like a player until he gets the ball. Um, I would so I would just I would take him out now and Carnell's back now so he'll he'll take that position hopefully and in, in behind the striker so he was getting played because we had nobody else let's be honest but he's just he's, he costs what three and a half million pounds we'll be lucky to see half of that back um, he's just shown absolutely nothing um, from from Dessers do you know I feel sorry for the big guy um, I really want him to succeed um, he's been really poor this season but I thought last week when he scored his goal I thought this is maybe a turning point just. I'm I'm about gutted it wasn't the next game wasn't a, a league game because again last night he, he was up there in his zone he was trying to win flick on he's got no pace it was a tough it was a tough shift for him um, last night and again he's really been played because we've got no bells roofs out injured Danilo's not fully fit but it's the conundrum if you we're playing at home against Hearts at the weekend if you take him out after scoring a goal I think it just kills his confidence um he'll be on running a high after scoring last week yeah he didn't have a great game during the week but I think you need to start them again at the weekend you're a home game against Hearts they've just got battered last week you've got to go and try and build his confidence up because if you pull him out stick him on the bench and put somebody else I just think you ruin his confidence so I would I would start start him again give him another chance at the weekend on the back of his goal last week and see how he gets on but for Lammers no I, I think I'm finished with him to be honest with you Brian yeah, I'm not quite ready to write Dessers off um, after last week and also being in the press conference afterwards. I think he comes across really well and he's just, he's one of those guys where you really want it to work out for him because he just comes across as such a, a nice guy in the press conference afterwards. So I kind of left that press conference and I was like, I really want him to do well, um, to be honest. And I do wonder if maybe he's a player that's best suited to domestic football when we've got more of the ball. You've seen the goal he scored last weekend, that kind of link-up play with um, Cantwell or whoever's in the number 10. You don't really get so many of those opportunities in Europe because we need a different type of striker. We need somebody that's going to hold the ball up or make runs in behind to try and stretch defences. That's not really his game. That's more of Danilo's game as we saw when he came on. So do you think he's maybe a player that is maybe more suited to domestically and less so in Europe. Yeah, I think I think we've been spoiled the last four years having Morelos up front. He could hold the ball up, bully defenders, run in behind, do all that. And that's just not Dessers' game. Um, I, I do feel sorry for the big lad to be honest with you, but he was kind of hung out to dry last night. The first half we had we had no out ball, we had no we, were, we couldn't string any two passes together. 
he's winning some flick-ons and there was nobody round about him. So, yeah, I would, I would persevere just now. But um, as you said, he's a, a decent guy. You can see the way he's happy, smiling, likes it here. I just want him to do well. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally with you there. Um, like, what the kind of press conference today? The manager did a kind of press conference on um, Zoom, I think, um, before they, they came back. One of the interesting things that came out of that, one of the interesting comments they made was around squad fitness. Now, it's not the first time that he's kind of hinted at this in his, his press conference and he's made reference to the overall fitness levels of the squad. Um, and he seems to be kind of suggesting that as an aspect he's certainly not happy with and he even mentioned things like the players' lifestyle in the press conference today. Now, under general, for me, this was one of the, the key aspects of our success. We were by far and away the fittest team in the league and then when Gio came in, you know, you've seen us regularly go to extra time in Europe and then come back at the weekend and go extra time in the Scottish Cup fin- eh, semi-final and win. And that, that kind of level of finish just doesn't seem to be, be there anymore. And can you put that down? Anything? Can I, any kind of thoughts on what's potentially went went wrong there? I think Gerard took that coffee machine away with him when he left. To be honest with you, okay, do you know what? I, I can't put my finger on. It. I don't know. I just I don't know what it was. Is obviously previous regime um, under Bale. I just I, I really have no idea. I don't know what's happened. We've seen have so many injuries, and they're not really happening in training. They're not knocks in training. They're on the field. So I don't know if they're not. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, just, I can't put my finger on it, I don't know, but we seem to have a lot of injuries happening on the park, muscle injuries, it's not knocks, so I don't, I, I can't even really answer that question, I don't know, what, if I knew the answer I would um, be a rich man. Yeah, it's definitely something that obviously Clement's picked up on very early and it's something he's, he's commented on, but I do wonder if there is something that you really need to address in a pre-season, as Clement somewhat missed the boat to really be able to get that fitness into the players, I think it's something they'll be able to do during the season. Or is yeah. it kind of one of those things you really need to get that into them at pre-season? I don't think it helps. I don't think it helps, no. But I think a lot of the players have had stop-start seasons as well. They've been out for it, out injured to come back. They're trying to get their fitness up again as well. So he's not been helped with that either. But yeah, no, I'm sure he can get them back up fit, up, up fit if they're training every day, playing every second, third day anyway. But the midweek games are probably helping as well, um, trying to get fitness back up. We just need to get bodies back, and um, yeah, I, I know he has mentioned that a few times with lifestyle and stuff like that. But um, yeah, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. He, he's obviously got the, the data there, so um, it'll be interesting to see next couple of months if if we see a change. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see as as you say over the kind of course of the next couple of weeks what what changes, if any, we can see, especially in the injury record. If we can start to see that kind of upturn in players coming back and then not breaking down again, that will be a, a massive positive for us. Um, one of the other things that came out kind of during the week was again strong rumours that Graham Souness was potentially close to a, a return to the club in some sort of consultancy capacity. Um, I kind of wanted your take on this if you think it's a, a good move for the club. Um, for me, I really like Souness as a pundit. Obviously, he's a Rangers legend. Um, it does slightly worry me when he talked when he was talking about how he favoured Frank Lampard um, when he was talking on Talksport. Um, that slightly slightly worried me. Yeah, yeah. As you said, Sirius is a Rangers legend, and you you kind of have enough Rangers men around the club. But a consultancy role, what does what does that actually entail? What does it mean? Who, I mean, who is he consulting with? I know he helped with the the interviews and um, helped out with that, but I don't really know what his role is going to be. And again, as you said, um, <laughs> he wanted 
uh, Lampard by the looks of it over Clermont. So, how, I mean, how is that going to go down when he comes in? But, you know, I, I don't really know. As I said, you can't have as, uh, enough Rangers guys around the club. Um, he is a legend. They probably have a lot of contacts in the game. But I just want to know more about what his role is going to be. He's not really... The club have not really said, or he's not really said, so it'll be interesting to see what he actually does. Um, but yeah, I, I'm quite happy to have him back in some capacity. Yeah, I think it's, it's kind of interesting what you say there, that we, we actually don't know, I never really thought about it, we don't actually know what his role would be if he does indeed come in. It would be interesting to see if they did define that role in any sort of way, if they kind of communicate out what his role is. I mean, obviously he wanted Lampard, but in the end he didn't, he didn't, he didn't go for his choice, so obviously we know he's not like the key decision maker as such, so the board are quite happy to take his opinions on board and go with their choice if it's not who he thinks it should be. So it might be that as much as we're all kind of looking at the, the video and talks about him, thinking, oh, maybe it's not such a good idea. He's, he's probably not going to be a key decision maker as such. The board have already shown they're more than willing to take his advice on board, but also go against it if they think there's a better option available. Yeah, I mean, he's been out, he's been out of the football for a long time now. 15, 20 years or 15 years or something like that now. So, football's moved on. You can see sports science, all that kind of stuff. He won't really be clued up in that, if you, if you like, as much as I mean, a, young, say a younger guy that's been in about football the last five, six years. So, I don't know what his role is going to be. Um, I'll be interested to see what it is if it comes out. But listen, as I said, bring him back in some capacity because he is um, a Rangers legend and he, he, will, he will give us something. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that develops over the next um, days and weeks. Um, it sounded like from what well, hearing on talk and things that it was close. So it'll be interesting to see how that develops. Um, well, um, touch on the, the game on Sunday. Obviously, we welcome Hearts to Ibrox on, on Sunday. They're coming off of the back of a pretty poor performance and defeat last weekend. I watched a brief bit of the game last weekend. They didn't look great at all. Do you think we can, can we read anything into that or do you think that's actually going to work against us and that they're going to come out and really try and kind of put that one right for them? Yeah, well, I actually watched the game last week and they were, they were very poor defensively. I mean, in the first goal, first four or five minutes, they let O'Reilly run right in the back and he puts it away. The boy Cochran, is it left back or left centre back, he had a, a terrible game. They were really poor defensively. You know, when you go, you go to Tynecastle, you expect a hard game. They've all, they're always... Well, well drilled, and you expect a hard game, but they just showed absolutely nothing to be honest with you. Um, so, but then we'll come to Ibrox and they'll probably sit back now and we'll struggle to break them down like normally happens. Um, they've got a, they've got a player up front that can score goals in, in uh, Shankland, so they will be a, a danger. Um, but you like to think us at home off the back of a good result against the Redmond rivals last week that we could um show up and put on a performance. Hearts are sitting in fourth just now um, buying St Mirren, so we should really be putting put them away pretty easily, especially after watching them last week. you think for us it's just about, as you say, building on that result performance last weekend in, in terms of domestically? I'd, I'd imagine this game should be much different from last night's game, a bit more closer to last weekend's game. So for, for you, is it just a case of building on that performance? Yeah, yeah, building on the performance from last week, getting some game time into legs. We'll have obviously get have Ridvan back, hopefully. Um we'll have Danilo, hopefully we'll get maybe a start or come off the bench, get more minutes in his legs. So um yeah, it's just about getting getting players back. It should be a routine home win, but we said that about Aberdeen a few weeks ago as well and look how that panned out. So 
we'll need to wait and see. But yeah, I expect us just to um, turn up, play our normal game, and hopefully get the same scoreline as we did against our rivals. I would, I would certainly take the, the same scoreline. Uh, that would, uh, that would do nicely. Now, I was looking at interesting aspect that with this game is that the fact that it comes quite close to that um, League Cup semi final. Um, do you think that does does that play any kind of bearing on on this game at all in terms of both hearts thinking and they're thinking it's maybe a chance for Clermont to get a look at them in terms of how they set up and how they play going into that that semi final as well. Yeah, yeah, give um, the manager a chance to have a look at them, see how they play. Um, I think it might. I think it'll be a different game though. I think Hearts will come to iBooks and try and do what they do. They'll try to stifle us, um, keep it keep it tight. In the cup final, they'll probably. You know, it's sorry, a cup semi final. It's just a one-off game, so they can come out and have a go. But I think it's different. I books when you've got forty-eight thousand Rangers fans uh, on the back of you. So I think I think they will struggle at the weekend. But yeah, for for us, yeah, it'll be good for the manager to get a look at them. Um, but I do think the, the cup semi final will be a, a totally different game. Um, just because what what's at stake. Yeah, I think I'm probably spot on there. Um, in terms of for ourselves, in, in terms of team selection, do you expect to see? Many changes from last night. Um, manager obviously mentioned that Danilo isn't quite ready for ninety minutes yet. Would you be tempted to start him or keep him on the bench and bring him off? Personally, I would probably start him. I, I prefer to start these guys even when they come back from from injury. I prefer to start guys and then get the game sewn up and take them off after sixty minutes instead of bringing them on maybe chasing a game or needing a goal. Um, when it's it's better to bring them on when you're um, obviously comfortable. But um, you know, I, I would I would prefer to start him. Give him sixty minutes and then take him off. But uh, yeah, as I said, I'll expect to see Redvan come in for Davies probably at left back just to give you the natural back four again that we've been playing. Um, then Flamers has got to drop out. He's got to surely we, we can't mail back as well now. Um, so Flamers for Danilo, right? McCausen. We just we just don't know who it's going to be yet. Um, kind of chopped and changed with our, our team selection the last few weeks. It's it's difficult to actually pin down our Rangers team every week to try and get the selection. We're, we're used to years of picking the team. The team picked itself. It's difficult these days um, and what, what formation we're going to play. So I would expect Redvan to come back in. Um, maybe, hopefully, I'll hopefully I'll start um, for Danilo over Lammers. McCausland's an interesting one. I thought he did well last weekend when he came on. He obviously played that ball through for Raskin who should have scored towards the end. Um, he impressed me. He came on away to St Mirren. He's kind of impressed when he's, when he's been given an opportunity. Do you think it might be a good chance to, to give him a start? Yeah, I mean, it's he's, he's breaking into the team now. Give him a shot at home. It's, the backing of the Rangers fans is probably the best for him, the best way to blood these guys. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's, he came on against Aris, did a good job as well. So, I mean, he's, he has he has um, chipped in. Um, he looks a good player, so I'm, we're struggling for, for strikers just now anyway, So or, or wingers. So yeah, I'm would, I would quite happy to see him get, get a start and see what he can do from home, from a home game perspective. Yeah, I think it'd be an interesting one to start him. I'd be quite, uh, I'd be quite keen to see how he does from, from the start. I think he's looked bright in the, the kind of cameos he's had, so I would, uh, I'd be right uh, up for seeing him start again, to be honest. Uh, before we finish up, Grant, I'll uh, take a score prediction from you if you're feeling brave. Um, I think it'll be a, a routine, routine win at home. I say three 0 Go for three 0 um, on Saturday, yeah. Sunday. I think it'll be routine. After watching Hearts last week as well, they were really, really poor. So I don't think um, Naismith really got them going just now. So um, yeah, fancy us to to wipe the floor up. To be honest with you, I would take a three 0 win. But I guess you never know when it's even Naismith in County Ibrox. You'll um, I'm sure you'll want to uh, get one over on us. Um, but I'm um, hopefully you're right. And it's a 
comfortable um, 3 0 win, I would uh, take that all day long, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this, the signs under the new manager are, are good. We're, we're all um, a bit more happy and more impressed with what we're seeing now, aren't we? So we should be putting these teams to bed um, and moving on. Yeah, I think we need to start getting back to that kind of way of, you know, making these making these games look, look easy, you know, for, for too long. And, you know, the last few seasons we've made, you know, teams like Hearts and Tibbs and Aberdeen maybe look better than they were for me. I think we need to get back to, to kind of those routine wins at home against these teams. Um, that's kind of the, always for me, what wins your trophies is kind of putting away these teams with relative ease and you know, kind of fussing then on to the next one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right, I think we'll call it time there. All that's left for me to do is thank my guest, Grant. Thanks for joining. No, it's good, mate. I enjoyed it. Thank you. No worries. Um, as well as being live tonight, the show will be available on all podcasting platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Acast and Stitcher. And we would ask that you leave us a rating on your preferred podcasting app. Um, we'll be back on Sunday evening to look back on the weekend's match. I think it'll be Craig, Colin and David. Until next time, guys, bye for now.